Hello and welcome to the Supernatural Podcast. I'm Jill and I'm here with my podcasting partner, Daniel. Hello, Jill, and hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. And today we are really going supernatural in terms of this is the thing. The thing we're going to talk about today, I think, is one of the most overlooked biological hacks that you can have in your body. And when I say to people about like that you need to look after this, thing they all like yeah 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 you know it's like one of those things that just kind of gets bypassed but it's actually so important to your body and to you to your life really that that um it is worthy of its own um podcast I feel don't you Dan yeah so we're going to be talking about circadian rhythms which sounds a little bit strange I would say circadian rhythms but really it's just sleep wake cycles when you go to sleep when you wake up and the rhythm should be a bit of a giveaway that the more or the better consistent rhythm you get into, the better your sleep's probably going to be and the better your health's going to be because good sleep is such a cornerstone of good health, isn't it? It's literally a superpower. Well, I know it's your superpower, but it's everyone's yeah, superpower, it's my really. Superpower. Yeah, so the circadian rhythm, it, although the main one is your sleep to wake cycle. It also affects your hormonal, your hormonal system, your digestive system, your immune system. It's like everything in your body is geared towards things happening at certain times of the day. Like my dogs know that at half past three, they get fed. So by half three, they literally every day come and just start nudging us <laughs> to, to get up and feed them. And our body has the same control mechanisms inside of it. That's exactly the same. I'll just start nudging you to do stuff. And the more that you ignore it, it can really, really affect your life in a really negative way if you don't look after your circadian rhythms. Yeah, and although we're going to talk about sleep-wake cycles quite a lot, like you were saying, our body really responds well to consistent activities, um, like day-to-day, get into a rhythm, rhythm and flow. Like If you eat at the same time every day, um, if you wake up at the same time every day, your body's going to just be able to do it so much easier. So like eating, for example, your body's going to start producing enzymes and you're going to start salivating at the same time every day in expectation of food, which means your digestion is going to be better. Your elimination is going to be better. Um, but if it's if it's sporadic from day to day, your body doesn't know how to respond. It likes rhythm. It likes predictability. And it works so much better um, if you get into a rhythm. And sleep's probably the biggest one, I would say. We've all had that experience where we've been in a consistent sleep pattern from Monday to Friday for work. And then you think, oh, it's Saturday, I'm going to have a lie in. And then you wake up at exactly the same time as what you've done all week. That's just the biggest, um, it's just the biggest example because everyone experiences that. Just when you want a bit more time in bed, your body just wakes up because it's been in a rhythm all week. But really what you should do is just get up on the weekend at that same time. At the same time, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so have you noticed as well, like, your bowels let's talk about bowel health because your bowels like a bit of rhythm don't they you know they like to do the same thing at the same time every day and is this a man thing or a woman thing when you go on holiday your bowels know when you've moved don't they like when like I don't think men suffer this but women do (laughs) um well you probably notice a bit more but I think it just is a thing in general I I don't know the the difference between men and women but um, as there is a difference. Like, 
different bacteria and stuff like that when you when you go away yeah i think your bowels are sensitive to travel so yeah. for men i don't think they're as sensitive as women but us women have very sensitive bowels and um <laughs> and it's all down to your circadian rhythm so that's one of the things i think it just gets disrupted your whole master clock gets disrupted when you travel um, yeah so let's just talk about the master clock, actually, because we all have a master clock and it's housed within our hippocampus in the brain and it is sensitive to light. That's why it's really important to um, minimize the light that you see on a nighttime. And like we live now in a world where everything is lit. We we don't really experience darkness anymore, do we? You know, like even if you go outside on a night, on a dark night, there's still street lights and car lights and there's never any it's never properly dark so we don't really experience that real darkness that that we should as a as a human being like that we've experienced for as humans for the last 25,000 years right yeah it's actually when you when you do get into total darkness and you can look up and see the night sky full of stars it's like a pretty magical thing yeah it's, i think it's because we're so far removed from it but mm. There's only a few other times I've really seen it and been amazed. One was in um, when I went to Everest Base Camp because you're out in the middle of nowhere and on a, on a clear night, there's no light pollution. It is, it's absolutely amazing to, ha- to have that, see the, the, the night sky. Um, I don't know if, it, if the, the light from the moon and the stars does anything to your physiology, but it's certainly good for your spirit to be able to, be able to see that. Uh, it's, it's hard to explain. How something you know does. you know is there all the time. It's just so amazing. Yeah, <laughs> um, but you can't see it. Yeah, that's why I get really excited about the moon because of the lunar cycle as well. Like you're all mm. linked into that. The solar cycle. You know, we're coming to summer solstice at the moment, so that's the peak of the summer time. Um, yeah. So all these cycles, cyclical things. That's what circa means. Is like circle circa is like it comes around every every day for us now circadian rhythm so it like i said it's linked to everything it's linked to your hormonal system as well you get certain hormones are produced at certain times of the day so that your body knows that right it's coming up to five o'clock this is when we're going to start increasing cortisol to wake you up and and all of this kind of stuff so if if you're on a hormonal roller coaster in the menopausal years circadian rhythms becomes even more important to to be keeping an eye on yeah so that you when you mentioned hormones that that is exactly what happens so speaking about sleep wake cycles it's all based on well the biggest external cue would be light would be the sun yeah. um, but we replicate that with artificial light so we, we've said this before on the podcast that try and get rid of artificial light before you go to bed because that artificial light your body kind of responds in the same way as seeing the sun the sunlight so in the morning when the sun comes up um the your body releases cortisol which then triggers you to move to work to do daytime activities that's when it should be done in in the daylight before we had electricity and artificial light um so your body gets ramped up on the morning when the sun comes up because of that light but if we can then replicate that light with um with lights in the house with iphones and things like that and we're doing that right before bed we're just stimulating cortisol again so we've got mm-hmm. cortisol all throughout the day and it's going to disrupt your sleep. So we, we should be releasing sleep hormones instead of cortisol when we go to bed. So you might feel as though you've slept all night, but you know when you wake up and you still feel groggy because mm-hmm. you haven't had a deep sleep because you've had cortisol in your system right before you've gone to bed. So that's a really important point. 
wind down before you go to bed, try and get rid of the artificial light. Um, it's very common for people to wear blue light blocking glasses now. Mm-hmm. Um, so little things like that. Yeah, I've got some. Make, make your room really dark. And yeah, it helps use candlelight, stuff like that. I mean, it seems pretty ancient now, but you'd be amazed how much your sleep does improve. It's it's the, it's that quality deep sleep, which you, you really thrive on. Yeah, and you mentioned cortisol. So cortisol, we always think of as a stress hormone and the bad thing. But actually cortisol is it's your worst enemy, but it's also your best friend because it's what gets you up on the morning and um, gets you active and out and about. So cortisol should be at its peak around 9 a.m. So you're up and about, and then it starts to gradually drop throughout the rest of the day. And then as cortisol drops to its lowest point, it should be about six o'clock at night, then melatonin starts to rise. So they've got like an inverse effect on each other as one drops, the other one starts to rise up. And that's how it naturally should be. But what we do nowadays is we driving home from work at about six o'clock when cortisol is meant to be going down and we're getting a bad mood because someone's just cut us off at a roundabout. So cortisol rises again. Then we go straight to the gym go and lift a load of weights, do a load, a really heavy class, and that sends cortisol back up. So we're not letting the cortisol come down, like you say, to let melatonin, to give melatonin an opportunity to come up, to start coming up. So um, you're never going to get that nice wind down time. We need twilight, don't we? We need that darkening time in in our lives as well. So our um, bodies need to feel and we've got um, light receptors in our skin as well so even if you've got your eyes shut you can still tell whether it's light or dark outside so we need to be really strict around light really on a night time yeah that's one of the things when we talk about making your bedroom really dark because if you leave a big crack in the curtains and then especially in the summer when the sun comes up really early so like 3.30, 4 o'clock in the morning and the sun comes up and if that comes through the curtains and touches your skin, you yeah. might not be able to see it, but if it's touching your skin, it can be enough if you're a light sleeper to wake you up. So even little things like that will all make a difference. Blackout curtains, um, they, they're a lifesaver really for some people who who struggle sleeping. Yeah, um, but yeah, the, the sorry, the quick point that when you said about people doing late workouts, that's a really good point because if you're struggling to sleep, yeah, maybe look at what you're doing on an evening. If you're doing a really intense exercise class at like six, seven o'clock at night, and then you have to be in bed by 9.30, well, your body's still wired or like cortisol still run, <laughs> running mm. through your system. So you need that wind down time. Um, ideally, I know people's lifestyles don't permit this, but if you're doing intense exercise, it's like you say, it's better in the morning when cortisol is naturally high anywhere, you know, from like six till nine, 10 o'clock, midday. That's the best time to do it. Maybe you can't do that during the week, but on a weekend, you're probably going to get better results and your sleep will be better if that allows you to do it. Yeah, exactly. I can't sleep if there's like an electronic clock in the room or anything like that mm. emits artificial light. It's really bad. Stephen got this stupid watch. It's like this good fancy thing. And every time he like moves his wrist like that, it switches on, you know, like to oh, right. it like lights up. And so when he was in bed at night, he'd be asleep, but moving his arm around, his watch would be coming on. So... <laughs> I was like, you've got to learn how you got to work out how to turn that off because it was just yeah. waking us up. Even like, even though he wasn't like touching us, it was just the the light emitting from the watch that was waking yeah. us up. I'm and very in, sensitive. In total darkness, it seems like someone just turned on a spotlight. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it? yeah, because we have it pitch black in the bedroom and I don't have tellies or anything in there. Yeah. I won't allow it. <laughs> yeah. So you need to because essentially 
we've got the same physiology as our ancestors. Like we're, we are just animals, aren't we? Before electricity, yeah. all this stuff is t- like almost brand new on the scale of how long humans and the universe has been around. We are brand new. So we just have the same DNA as our ancestors. And they, when it got dark, they had to go to sleep. Yeah. It, you know, it just happened naturally. There was no artificial light. And when the sun came up, they woke up naturally and did things, did activity. And when the sun was up and the cortisol was high, and we are no different. Um, and your sleep will improve if you kind of treat it like that. Yep, absolutely. So things that can really mess up with your circadian rhythms are jet lag. Like traveling, we forget how much that really messes with your system. I remember doing like a survey. Was it for the Czech Institute when we had to go? And it was like, are you born? Do you live in a different time zone to the one that you were born in? And so even like... Even that must still have an ongoing effect, you know, later on. Yeah, I remember Paul saying that he he had a few difficult cases where he couldn't figure out what was going on with people's sleep. Um, and you know how thorough Paul is. Yeah. Couldn't get to the bottom of it. And then eventually he figured out that it was people were living in a different time zone to where they were born. Ah. Um, where you were born, you kind of, that's your set time, <laughs> essentially. And then if you go and live somewhere on the different hemisphere and uh, they're 10, 12 hours different, your body clock can adjust, but it kind of for some people it doesn't adjust totally, so the rhythm's just off. And oh, right. I think he said the cure was for some people in extreme cases was to just go back to where the where they grew up and where they were born and where their clock is set. Essentially, that that's probably extreme cases, but it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, total sense, total sense. I'm just looking here at the fluorescent lights as well. They really mess with you. They make me feel sick. I think we've uh, mentioned you, this before. When you can see them blinking, yeah, it's not nice. Yeah, they make me feel sick. Like I could not like work in an office with fluorescent lights or anything. Mm. Just like I don't know, yeah, because they they blink, don't they? But it's like really quick that you can't really see it. But it mm. must have an effect on your brain. Um. So yeah. So all of these things can really impact your master clock, as it were. So we've just got to be really aware of it. And like you know, if if um you're taking in a lot of stimulants during the day as well, like coffee and uh, alcohol or sugar. Like, what do you do when you come home from a night? Have a glass of wine or something there again, yeah. stimulating the system. Yeah, coffee's a big one because it's a, such yeah. a it's a stimulant. Um. And it has a half-life of six hours. So if you add a cup of coffee at four o'clock, then mm. 50% of that coffee is still running through your system at 10 o'clock at night. So be really wary of that. Although you're drinking it at four o'clock, it doesn't seem like you're ready for bed. It's still having an effect quite a lot later. So just try and cut it out around midday, early afternoon. And mm-hmm. even someone like that could could improve your sleep. Yeah. Um, I was reading some new research have I mentioned this on the podcast? I can never remember whether we were talking offline or on the thing. Um, some new research that is linking um, the effectiveness of cancer drugs to your circadian rhythm as well. So what they're trying to do is give you the drugs on the time when your system is its most active and most available, like your immune system is working at its best, yeah. which is um, probably around the nine o'clock in the morning time when the cortisol is at its highest. Yeah, it's a good idea. If you can maximize the effect of anything like that, then you might as well go for it. But yeah, it's it's so interesting to think that your body has these internal systems which are kind of set and work in relation to nature as well. Um, like you said, you have the the internal body clock. Where was you say it was housed in the hippocampus? Yeah. Um, so yeah, so there's some research also suggests that each individual cell has its own body clock. Mm. Um so that doesn't really affect the way you would, you would look at things, but it's just interesting. Um, 
But with regards to sleep wake cycles, this, even in the absence of light, if you're in total darkness, there's even been studies done and the body still knows, um, like they, they put people in a, like a cave or a bunker essentially. And there was no daylight whatsoever. And there was, and there was no clocks or anything. And people were still going to bed and feeling tired at normal times, like 9, 10 PM at night. And they were mm -hmm. still waking up at like 6 AM, even though there was no light, there was no external yeah. cue. Your body has this inbuilt clock. So that's like an internal cue. Your body just knows, but there's also external cues as well. So we can actually see the sun go down. We can see the moon come out. We can, we can look at the clock and see that it's 10 PM and we have our evening meal. These are all external cues, which work alongside the internal cues. And um, the, the animal kingdom is the same. All animals go to sleep at night. Yeah. And even, even in total darkness, they've done studies on, um, on plants and the, the petals close at nighttime and open up essentially when it would be daytime, even though they've put them in total darkness. So it's inbuilt, inbuilt in everything. We kind of escape it. So we might as well go with it and get the health benefits. Yeah, exactly. So what's our top tips for um, maximizing our circadian rhythms then, Dan? Well, first of all, I would say the, the big one would be get to bed earlier. Most people go to bed too late. This is like speaking from me, personal experience. This is a big thing for me. I call myself a night owl, but I think I, I think I know I'm no different to anyone else. I'm just so used to staying up late, but I could be, I could probably get more benefits if I just woke up, if I ever went to bed earlier, woke up earlier, I'd probably feel fresher. Mm -hmm. Um, but I like that quiet, like nighttime. Um, but yeah, most people get to bed earlier and try and avoid that blue light yeah. um, for like an hour or two before bed. It's really difficult. I must admit, because it's so weaved into our fabric now of <laughs> being on your phone or watching the telly. So maybe get some blue light blockers, dim the lights and read just, a book. yeah, read a book and try and yeah. Try and affect it a little bit that way. Yeah. So bed by 10 30. Yep. In a really dark room. Mm -hmm. In a black cave. Yeah, make your room cold. Back cave. Dark, Back cave. cold. Yeah. Consistent. That's a big one. Again, rhythm. We've been speaking about for the full episode. Um, avoid avoid stimulants, particularly, I would say, after around 3 p.m. Because, again, mm -hmm. we've got that half-life of six hours. So by 9 p.m., it's still in your system. So try and stop it. Um, yeah, don't do, like we said, intense exercise. Try and not to do it too late. If you go and do a heavy weight session at, like, 8 p.m., you're going to be wired until at least yeah. like 11 midnight. Um, I've experienced that before and it's just silly. I felt it's like artificial energy and you, you crash and you almost the, the poor sleep is not as um, outweighs the benefits of the workout. Yeah. So, yeah. I've got yeah. that. I have a late class and I really struggle to sleep on that. Mm. When, on that night when I've got the later class, if I don't have proper wind, wind down time. Mm. So, but exercise is really important for your circadian rhythms, but just the right amount of exercise and the right timing of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You could even do like gentle exercise before bed. Yeah. Like um, things like Tai Chi or moving meditation or just simple movements. That'll, that'll calm your nervous system down as well. So if you could, mm -hmm. you might, yeah, like you said, it's fine to do a heavier workout earlier in the day. As you go to bed, like wind down, slow, moving meditation, breathing exercises, put you in that chill mode, let those sleep hormones release. Yeah. Um, and drink plenty of water. I can always tell if I haven't drank enough water by if I can get to sleep at night. Yeah, because if you're dehydrated, again, your body's just going to be stressed. And what happens when you're stressed? Your body releases cortisol. What does cortisol do? It wakes you up and it wants you to move. Yeah, so 
really simple system. When you look at it, the body's quite an intelligent thing, isn't it? It's <laughs> really quite interesting. If you don't it? interrupt, what the hell's going on? <laughs> yeah. It's an amazing thing. It never ceases to amaze me how these things happen and are all connected. Everything is connected. And like, you know, your sleep-wake cycle is huge. Yeah. Oh, it is. And one other tip as well is um, what are you eating before you go to bed as well? We often eat, if we're going to be having some naughty food, it's normally in an evening, isn't it? Things like chocolate and snacks and like dessert after your evening meal. Mm-hmm. Normally very high in sugar and carbohydrates. So if you're a, a primal pattern eater like me and Jill, we prefer meat and fat. Eating all those kind of high sugary carbohydrate snacks before you go to bed is probably going to put you into a stress response as well. Um, so that might affect your sleep. Yeah, and eating lots, like for us, eating pasta and stuff like that would just be stressful for us. Yeah, it wouldn't work. You, you Like you say, you'd still probably sleep, but it's not a quality sleep, is it? No, no. So, yeah, so hopefully we've given you lots of hints and tips there. And and really, you do, this is something that you do need to look at because it can um, it's getting more and more linked to emotional health as well is, um, because the hippocampus like the area of the brain where it's housed is also closely linked to emotions. So um, if you have emotional health problems, then circadian rhythms are a really good place to start as well. Yeah. Like you say, if you can sleep is such a, such a superpower and it's a cornerstone of, of like good health. When you think you're probably asleep for, is it a third of your life? Mm. That's like. <laughs> the, I'm probably asleep the longer to be honest. Yeah. Just the magnitude <laughs> of that. That's like. When you when you really dig deep into sleep and cycles, it's you know you get the whole thing of we don't know what's coming at life after death. People get afraid of of dying, like it's it's a natural thing. But we're not afraid to just go to sleep every night and just totally turn ourselves off. Like yeah, we'll, we'll like die and be any different, yeah. But it's just so natural. It's um it's an interesting one, yeah. And it's it's so it's such a part of nature that I, I don't know. It's fascinating, but we take it for granted. Yeah. Indeed. And it's uh, something that we need to all be cognitive of because if you're not cognitive of it, then you need to be. Yeah. The first step is awareness. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Well, that was a short and sweet one today, wasn't it, Dan? But I think it was worthy of its own um, thing because it affects so much of our body and our systems that it needed to be be done. Yeah. And the last point I want to make is because I really want to get this in because I find it fascinating. That you say it's so important that and it's and it's it's so like in it's so within us and animals and plants and nature that during solar eclipses animals have even been known to go to sleep during the middle of the day do you not find that absolutely amazing <laughs> <laughs> so these animals see see the sun's gone down and they just think oh well no, it's time to go to sleep they have a little like one minute nap and then yeah. birds like change the songs and stuff like that because they yeah. think it's like an evening time instead of a morning time so nature I remember knows. that. Yeah, I remember that happening when the solar eclipse happened. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? So maybe the next solar eclipse, I don't know where it is, we should all have a little siesta, like 45 yeah. seconds. Let's have a little sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was bizarre. Okay, then. Well, thank you for listening, listeners. And we can find us um new podcasts every Monday. If you've got any topics you'd like us to talk about, then let us know. Um, and if you look after your circadian rhythms, or begin to look after your circadian rhythms, let us know the difference that it makes. Yeah, great. Thanks, everyone. I will see you soon. See you soon. Bye.